Kyle probably read it a year ago. I don't know. Um, so high level, what's the book about? Yeah. So the best way to, to give you that, I thought about this because this is going to be a question everybody would, would obviously ask somebody to tell me what the book is about. And the best thing I can say about the book is let me just read the cover because everything you want to know about the book is really on the cover. So let's walk through the cover. Um, it, title is The Business Athlete. So you know there's a combination of perspectives right there. Business, athleticism, these two worlds combining. The subtitle is, is that it's a game-changing guide to sharpen your mindset, manage your energy, and elevate your career. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to CM Mentors Podcast, where we bring on some industry professionals to help us navigate the construction world. This week, we have our first second-time guest, Alex Pachera. He was our, uh, I had to go back and look. I knew you were like second or third, but yeah, you were our third guest ever. And so, welcome Sweet. back. How are you doing? Must have, done some, must have done something, right? That you guys would have <laughs> back on. <laughs> you can't say it was all right, but something, right? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So, I'm Matt Graves. My co host each week is Kyle Grandell. And uh, last time we had Alex on, he was, uh, he was navigating a secret he was hiding from us. Yeah. Um, he had a book in the works, and his uh, book, The Business Athlete, just came out yesterday, June 1st. So, we had to grab him real quick, get him back on. There it is, right there. Had to get him back on to uh, tell us all about it. So this is gonna be a fun conversation. So yeah, Alex, it sure is. And by the way, I just got to add in here really quick, Matt. So uh, I may have known about this before it was released, and uh, there's been a lot of anticipation on my end. So I'm really excited for this one, Alex. I hope you got some good stuff for us. Man, Kyle, you're hurting me here with Matt. I did not tell him that. Uh, so you, uh, I've got some, some serious walking back to do with you, Matt. I apologize. Dinner's on me uh, next all, time I'm in the area. Uh, all good. I mean, I see. Yeah. You know, our, our talk last time, it was funny because we were, for me, it was, it was kind of nervous because, you know, I knew about it, a select people. I kept it real under wraps for like a year. And so I was wow. so close to the finish line when the last time we were doing our podcast, but you were asking me all these great questions <laughs> leading into it. I was like, oh my gosh, how do I not like, <laughs> not, how do I like move him this way without giving it all uh, and just the secret? So you did good pressing me, but I think I held back on some stuff. So our talk today, uh, I hope gets, uh, gets to go a little bit deeper and then uh, share why, why I'm just excited to share this with, with, with leaders and, and especially in the construction industry. So. Was, and Matt, was, don't feel bad. I've known about it for the whole year. So. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was something out there, and I was trying my damnedest to crack the code, and I guess I got close, but he turned me down. He turned me down to co-author it, so yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Alex, the people, I guess, that are catching up and didn't check the last episode out, you want to give us a, a quick bio? And I guess at the very end, you'll add author to your bio, but. Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I'm starting to do that now. I've got to go back through all those little uh, social media, you know, profiles and everything and add author to it, which is exciting. I mean, that yeah. it's like that was part of the motivation to do it was um, and I'm not shy about it. Part of my personality is I like to have credentials. I like to have some titles to go along with it. That's just me. And so I always look to get a certain certification or or to accomplish something. I mean, it's even like, uh, you know, I go and run you know, whether it's half marathons or big events just for the medal or just for the shirt. Like, you know, I do things for, for those sort of reasons. And uh, to have author was one I was I was really wanting to add to my sort of list of things done. But 
you know, background was in professional sports, uh, played professional soccer, both uh, here domestically and, and overseas uh, in a few countries. And um, while that was all going on, I had a real strong uh, uh, family background in business. Um, sometimes it was a sports business. Sometimes it was uh, investments, things like that. So I was always close to that world. And I, I coupled that with a degree in anthropology. So it was this love of people, the way they interact, the way they communicate, uh, how do they get things done. And it was, uh, it just, you know, it took some real reflection. It took a lot of, you know, mistakes, bumps, finding the right things, finding the wrong things to kind of blend together those three uh, channels into what I, I've kind of got as my, uh, my sort of unique voice and perspective on uh, on a topic i think a lot of people have a view on and and, and it's you know I, I i i've listened to a lot of people share their their uh thoughts and perspectives on on leadership and management and it's been super helpful in me and confidently putting my own together so that's where we're at today man just to, to come back and spread some more of that love and talk about it and uh i am pretty happy about it i i self-published this one which is wow. not something i would recommend maybe to everybody it's uh, <laughs> looking back on it it was uh um so again what does it mean I, when you self-publish like you you're doing all the distribution and stuff or it means, thank you I was gonna ask that. yeah no, it means you've got a real you know control problem <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no so i had to wrestle with that there are some issues there you know delegation wise a bit of a perfectionist i'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that um but uh amidst that there are some good things to those qualities as well for instance you know i i pride myself in being a very kinesthetic sort of learner and i need to you know touch things and move with them and, and actually complete a process with my own hands and stuff and the reason i like doing that for me particularly is because then it allows me to go do what my passion is and that's coach and help guide other people if i don't take myself through every facet of every bit at least once then i feel like i'm not you know giving that full value over that person i'm working with so when most people work with me they know i go in the trenches on things i like get into it i get my hands around it and mix with it so that i can come back and share it uh you know Next time I listen, I'm going to write another book. So next time I do this this other book, I'm going to do it faster. I'm going to know exactly what to delegate and who to delegate it to. So, you know, there is a there is a little bit of a method to my madness, but uh, I, it's not for the faint of heart. Listen, definitely <laughs> bring people in and work with others. Uh, I did work with a few people, but so so again, self publishing is, um, you know, uh, writing it, editing it. Uh, creating the book cover to uh, finding a, 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 a publisher that'll allow you to print and place it in a marketplace um, and do all those sorts of things. So all those little um, sort of roles and responsibilities uh, was, were hats I got to put on. Um, but you learned a lot through the process, though. I did. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a, yeah, it, most of the year wasn't wasn't writing about the content. I mean, I lived it and I have been experiencing it, coaching it, training it, living it for the last 15 plus years. So I like, I knew what I was, what the book was going to be about. Mm. It's really just getting it down and going through that process, understanding that process for the first time. That was, you know, we'll talk maybe a little bit later on the emotional and sort of psychological toll uh, when you write a, a book or you, any sort of personal project like that, how it can take on you. Um, 
I know a lot of guys in the industry. I mean, you got big projects going out there. You know, it's everybody thinks you just show up and like it's like a physical toll. It's like no, nah, I mean, they want to put a good building together. They, they, you know, they want, you know, they 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 want to be looked at as tradesmen and you know their craft is of peak quality and things like that. So um, I don't think I'm the only one that worries about projects that are personal to them. You know, no, especially when you have your name behind it, that gives you reputation and everything. So. Um, mm-hmm. When I started my newsletter and stuff like that, it's, a, it's not a book per se, but it's still sort of I'm publishing something on the Internet. And like, again, it's sometimes I'll, I'll reread things a million times because I don't want to sound like an idiot. Right. <laughs> Where You know, if I'm just having a conversation with somebody, which is kind of like this podcast, because I can sound like an idiot and it's recorded. Nothing I can do about it. But, you know, um, yeah, I mean, that's where I think we share that together. There's there's some respect for all that because the vulnerability to put yourself out there, right, and, and to, to speak on these issues uh, is great. And I think it's great for the industry because, uh, well, we were just talking we were just talking about this, that, you know, the saying is you, you learn more from your mistakes, right? And there's there's sometimes a lack of vulnerability with sharing your mistakes. But if we learn so much from our mistakes, but we're not willing to share them amongst others, then who's really learning anything from anyone, right? So it's like um, mad respect to you guys for the podcast, uh, for, for anybody who's joining roundtables, getting involved, networking, and just you know uh, sharing some of those things outwardly. I think it's that's what's really going to move the needle um, on things. In my opinion, too, it's, you know, when you share your mistakes, maybe somebody learns the mistakes and they don't have to make the same mistake. But there's a lot of lessons that somebody can tell you a million times. But until you make the same mistake, you don't learn that lesson. You know what I mean? You have to learn stuff the hard way. But what I have found is when you openly share that, then he kind of gives them permission to say, okay, it's okay if I make a mistake or I fail. Like I can pick myself back up and going. Because a lot of people, you know. I'm a recovering perfectionist when it comes to some stuff like that, right? Where I want everything to be mm-hmm. perfect, but I've learned that like, it's, you know, you're going to make mistakes. Just, just move on, you know, make it right and move on. Everyone does it. So. Total. Well, well Alex, yeah, I can only true. imagine during your, during this, this writing and especially the editing that you hit plenty of brick walls and that there was a, a lot of times that, I don't know, maybe that, that just came to a screeching halt. I can only imagine. Um, so I, I'm kind of thinking about the energy management part of this because it's something that, that you talked a lot about last time. And so maybe we're kind of jumping into it here a little bit for the new book. You know, what, um, you know, how, how did that go? Were you kind of applying your own, your own principles and your own ideas for that too? Or Yes, yes. And yes, all around. Okay. Let me, um, let me unpack that. That's a great, I mean, it's a great question and it's, it's, yeah, I mean, anybody who knows Kyle knows he's going to get right to the point. He knows, he's like, man, I got to get, I, I got to know, I got to know this stuff. And like, uh, what did you do here? In it? Because, I mean, it is. And, and I want to, uh, I want to share it in such a way that hopefully, uh, you know, I understand not everybody's going to write a book, but I'll be honest with you again. Um, if it's not a book, it's something else, right? So I want to relate uh, sort of my uh, approach and the way I was dealing with challenges throughout this project to sort of anybody that's going through a project and working on that stuff because you know my my anthropological side of me shows that you know we're we're really not that different as humans and we oftentimes uh think of ourselves as much different from person to person and we lose that empathy but we are really similar we can relate our own experiences very well to others so i want to try to do that here um with what was man you were right it was uh it was something where i don't think i i knew 
how much I would have to use what I was writing to write what I was writing. <laughs> like <laughs> that's how insane that sounds was, you know, it's like I lived through it and I practiced this. Like, I mean, without a doubt, when I speak about this, it's from my own experience. I, I tell people and you know, kids I even used to train is I'll never ask you to do something I've never done myself. Like I will do it. And then I'm going to ask you to do it. I like to set the pace. You know, that's the sort of thing that a leader wants to do. Um, and so with this book, it was sort of like I knew all those things, but I didn't think something would happen to me right in the middle of it. You know, it's like the storm you never suspect right when you're, you're, you're sailing. And um, I had to I also I'm going to weave it into a, a, a kind of a larger story here, uh, Kyle, along the lines of, you know, energy management is is sort of a way to self-diagnose and, and how we can strategically use our energy in sort of four dimensions, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. We talked about this in the last podcast. And really what we need to do is keep an eye on these levels. Notice when one is being uh, over sort of burdened, when it's drawing on the others, and then how can we enact, how can we enact routines that we've uh, developed and created in these moments that kind of level those energies out and don't allow one to sort of spill over the other. So for instance, if somebody is, uh, you know, uh, emotionally really uh, jarred, something happened on site right now, is that going to block them from being able to lay that beam in the correct way or put that or get the right sort of order placed in or speak with this uh, customer in this moment, right? We can't have one energy uh, depletion affect another energy uh, that we're going to need. So with that in mind, while this process was going on, um, you know, you guys probably know this, and maybe some people can imagine that as a, as a former pro soccer player, I mean, I, I keep up my physical side pretty well. It's a big cornerstone uh, to, to sort of my identity, if you will. I like to stay in physical shape. It just brings me joy. That's where I can get my peace. Lots of that sort of stuff. That's also one of the biggest uh, sort of blind spots that I've learned over the years is that when I'm taken out of that physical sort of sense, right, when I can't use my body the way I want to do or I can't go to the gym, it like puts me into a tailspin. And this is when all those other sort of energy things start to get jumbled up and I let my physical sort of spill into the other. So I was actually uh, sidelined at the beginning of this with a pretty serious physical injury, which absolutely sidelined me um, from going to the gym, keeping that energy level. It disrupted my sleep. I couldn't lay on the side I wanted to. Um, you know, all those things started to play out in my head too. Like it would, then I would be, you know, getting down on myself or why did this happen and do this. So I'm watching all this stuff happen and and I'm confronted with it just like I am anytime is you're, you're sort of got a fork in the road is I can either feed into it or I can use my training. And what my training, my process tells me is uh, go into your routines, go into your routines. Uh, and th that's what the book is a lot about is these ways that we can really click ourselves back into gear. And so I'll give you a couple examples. So while I was physically unable to do a lot of the things uh, that I normally did, it's not all physical things. And I um, apologize if that's loud in the background. So it, because I couldn't lift or I couldn't really walk or do anything, 
Now I need to engage these other aspects. So physically, I want to make sure that my rest was of the best quality. I still want to make sure I'm getting to bed on time, that I'm not putting blue light in front of my eyes because my body actually heals at night. So instead of saying, well, I need to go to the gym and get back in there and do it, it's saying, how about you put your body in the best position so it can heal as quickly as possible so we can get you back out there. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, one of the struggles, <laughs> I'm probably not going to win any points with this, <laughs> was with my wife. Um, <laughs> my, my, oh, keep it down. Keep it down. <laughs> no, no, man. So, oh, yeah. Not, no, this doesn't have to do with the rest side of it. This is, has to do with sort of the, the mental on yeah. – she didn't believe me for the first couple of weeks. She thought I was faking some sort of injury. Like I'm walking around and I'm faking this injury and I'm sitting here in pain. And I'm trying to explain to her that, you know, I grew up in not only a family environment, but a world where you don't show pain ever. Like you never show it to a competitor. You never show it to a teammate. You never show it to anybody. You bury it and you bury it deep because that's a sign. And when you're in this competitive world of sports, Somebody's just waiting to see a weakness because that's how they know. get. I don't know. You're a soccer player, so I'm telling. I'm telling you, man. They 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 are just waiting for it. All right. Don't let the, don't let that that soccer locker room. It's a tough locker room. You only got pads on your shin. <laughs> so, um, but so and and also when you're playing sports, like you don't want to be caught dead in the physical. You don't want a coach to see you injured or anything. So you've got this big tough guy mentality. And as you get older, you realize it's the dumbest thing ever right now is because it's like that tough guy mentality is what's actually keeping me back from healing quicker. And so I had to get over that machismo, big ego, got to get back to the gym and physical you identity. And I had to click into my process emotionally. I had to spend more time reflecting uh, you know, just just understanding where my train of thoughts were going and how to bring them back in when they would run uh, emotionally. I would, you know, be listening to more music. I went and bought more records that I could listen to and just kind of, uh, you know, eat up some time with that. I poured into people relationally. When your emotional energy starts to get low, it's like go find people that are closest to you. Go find people that you know love and support you. It's like you'll be amazed how quickly your energy goes right back up. Mentally, I played a lot of chess. Kyle will tell you about this. Now, I was playing chess every day, all day, just keeping my mental sharp, even though my physical was down. It doesn't mean my mind can't be as sharp as attack. You know, so, and then spiritually, a lot of that reflection is looking, staying committed to my purpose of writing the book, staying committed to my values while I was doing this, the values of living uh, these principles and things like that throughout it. So, that's a long-winded way, Kyle. I'm going to pause here, but hopefully that shares with you sort of a little bit about my journey, like specifically in this book. But I think, I hope it can relate to people that those, you know, it's, it's those routines that help save me from staying deeper in those holes of energy depletion. I, th I think it's cool, man. Um, I can't even imagine what it takes to write a book like with, <laughs> just with everything else I got going on right now. <laughs> I can barely oh, type yeah. out a thousand words in a week. <laughs> um, so kind of what's the, I, I personally haven't had a chance to get a copy of the book. It just dropped yesterday. Kyle probably read it a year ago. I don't know. <laughs> um, so high level, what's the book about? Yeah. So the best way to, to give you that, I thought about this because this is going to be a question everybody would, would obviously ask somebody, tell me what the book is about. And the best thing I can say about the book is let me just, 
read the cover because everything you want to know about the book is really on the cover. So let's walk through the cover. Um, it, title is The Business Athlete. So you know there's a combination of perspectives right there. Business, athleticism, these two worlds combining. The subtitle is, is that it's a game-changing guide to sharpen your mindset, manage your energy, and elevate your career. So game-changing. Well, it's game-changing in the sense that it's it's an innovative way to look at leadership. Where leadership is headed, we need new approaches to leadership. The same models can be brought with us, but they need to be adapted for the landscape in the world that we're going into. So it's innovative in the way, and this is where the athlete comes in, is we can no longer continue to lead from the neck up, very cerebral, very sort of uh, you know meth methodical. We need to and take all of that knowledge and mindset and we need to engage the rest of the body in a holistic sort of way of leading again mind body emotions spirit you know we need to look at all aspects so uh it's a game changer in the sense that it's it's unlocking more of what leaders can bring uh to their everyday uh you know culture and people it's a guide because this is my life i lived it i've done it i've worked with people and watched them do it but it's, it's a guide to help people go. And it's a guide in the sense of you can open the book up really anywhere and go through it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a light read. It's something you can pick up when you need it and you feel you're in that space, go to that chapter and get yourself, you know, something. It's a, it's a guide in the sense of, I don't want to necessarily tell you how to do it. I want to show you and let you take a hold of it yourself. That's when it really becomes, you know, empowerment. Um, so it gives you a little bit, but really allows you to take the curiosity and run with it. Um, one of my, I, what, I, what I consider a strong skill set and one of our company values is to simplify. We want to be able to speak to a broad audience. So it is built for a very diverse audience. New emerging leaders, seasoned leaders, executives, all are going to find something in there they can use uh, and bring to their teams. Um, sharpen your mindset right so it's a guide to sharpen your mindset i don't want people to think oh all these methods and ways i've been looking at leadership i gotta throw out the door it's like no that's all great stuff let's use it going forward i want to sharpen it is what i want to do i want to look at what you've taken how do we apply it let's put it into action that's what's been missing out of leadership is action it's all up here oh sorry a lot, of all, a lot of it's theory. We got it. The only way you're going to do something action oriented is with sports, right? It engages the body. You move with the body. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's how we get leadership in motion. That's what, that's what this is. Leadership in motion. All right. So sharpen the mindset, manage your energy. Um, what's the old saying when, when you know, hard work, when talent doesn't work, it, you know, it's hard work or something that pays off. I know it's something like that. Um, and, and I will go even a step further. Hard work does not always win. I've seen a lot of hard workers. They work, yeah. you know, it's the old saying. Uh, my father told me this when I was young. And this is this is literally what this means is, uh, you know, you're climbing a ladder, but it's on the wrong wall. I see so many people climbing ladders and doing a great job. And it's really hard for me to tell them your ladder's on the wrong wall and watch them get extremely defeated with their years and years of efforts. Yet it's gone nowhere. Right. So, so um, it, it's not how hard you work. It's how efficiently you manage that energy. Right. Where do you place it? Where do you choose not to place it? 
how aware are you of what impacts you and how uh, aware are you of how you can impact others. So manage your energy. That's what I believe the secret. And, and, then, the, and then the last, uh, elevate your career. The second half of the book is all what we call one of the core concepts is brand consciousness. And we're seeing it arise in generations, but we really want uh, uh, leaders to build a personal brand, a brand that other people can follow, a brand that's built on solid foundation, uh, that's built on awareness and confidence and empathy and you know uh, agility and resilience and those sorts of things that other people just sort of galvanize and uh, gravitate to. So one of the big points in that is digital footprint and how important and, and how useful um, a leader's digital footprint could be in expanding their influence uh, within their own sort of cultures and people. So I hope uh, going through the, uh, the title of the book helped give you a good idea of what's in it. I, 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 I tried to be very, uh, very clear and concise in that in the way it was communicated. On your last little bit there about building brand consciousness and a digital footprint, like what are you, what are you seeing kind of, from your perspective, like different ways to do that. I mean, I guess there's yeah. things like social media and podcasts, like kind of like what we're doing. Um, you see anything else that are good ways to go about that? Yeah, I see a couple of things. One is um, one is that I, I don't think organizations have done a great job at really uh, creating the boundaries and the expectations. It's, it's a little bit of the Wild West out there, uh, believe it or not. That um, is something, I don't know why we don't want to come together and find it. You know, I work with companies on creating a social media policy and a lot of people copy and paste it, but they don't, they do it as a deterrent, right? Everybody is more in the fear mode. Oh, if they put the wrong thing, what does that do to my brand? And what does that do to us? So everybody's missing the, the, the golden egg in the room. What if it's a catalyst for bringing people to us? Oh, shocker. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, let's 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 keep going with sports that's what we do right uh so there's so many teams um when i first came to texas uh i, I came from up north and i was on trial with the dallas texans people who know soccer know dallas texans been like the number one club prestigious and everything like that so i was on trial to go with them sign a contract and do all that um while i was here i got introduced to the second place team uh, that had been running. They were called Dallas Inter at the time. And uh, I really got to know some of the people there, but the coach, the coach on that team convinced me that if I was to become the player I wanted to, it was to be underneath him and on that team. So I didn't go for the company. I went for the coach. And what you'll find in professional sports is that dudes will give up. And also dudes, dudes, girls, everybody, they will give up a lot of the financial upswing to go play for a coach they know that's a winner to a coach they know that will look after them and things like that. We don't do that for our leaders a whole lot. We don't put them up and say this leader could be the thing that brings in stuff. And if we spent some time looking at brand identity, looking at digital footprints, how can we leverage that? How can we leverage our leaders' accounts uh, and build that sort of partnership you know, we talk about engagement. We talk about those sorts of ways of building culture. So to answer your question, that's where I see is more on the upside. Uh, everybody knows the downside of bad publicity and bad social media. Mm -hmm. um, so and I, and I think in a market where it's so crowded and tapped for talent and you're looking to set yourself up above the rest, 
I think I just think it's an area that a lot of people aren't diving into. Well, Matt, we're going to go into football now as we usually do. So just to your point there, Alex, my boy P.J. Fleck, Minnesota Gophers, he, when he came over from, <laughs> from, from Michigan, he brought a bunch of guys with him, and uh, they followed him over here. And, you know, he's done great for, for Minnesota. He's put us on the map after, you know, a couple hundred years of doing nothing. <laughs> That's right. You hear that. I hear that a lot with uh, companies. They're like, yeah, we brought this guy over, and he brought several people from that company with him over. They followed that guy. They didn't know anything about your company before. They came with that guy and said, if he goes, I go. So, um, yeah, there's that. There's the, uh, you know, again, the brand consciousness is a lot about getting involved in your community, building a solid brand, you know, volunteering, um, you know, doing and it's not always about volunteering at like soup kitchens. You know, we're talking about finding things you're passionate in. And again, it's about action, right? It's leadership in action, leadership in motion. And we can't, we can't be a leader from the chair, you know? And a lot of people mm -hmm. say, well, you know, how will I know? You won't know. You won't know it until you've done something. And so, you know, my coach had said, you know, you tell people, when's the last time you did something for the first time? So go do something, you know? You know, you're, everybody's sitting around waiting. You know, go volunteer your time, your your energy. Go do. You know, one thing I got in the habit of is when I go sometimes on my way on like a Monday or a Friday. You know, I, I buy that extra cup of coffee at wherever I'm at. Just say, you know, buy the extra cup of coffee for that next person who's behind you. You know, sort of deal. And so they know me as the dude who just buys two coffees. You know, on that sort of day on the way out of there, sort of deal. You know, it's just a little thing I do. You know, yeah. but it's. It's part of my whole my whole thing. So. That's pretty cool. This book we talk about a lot about kind of leaders and maybe even executives and that sort of stuff. But I guess would it apply to people that are kind of like the next generation trying to come in and really trying to build a foundation? Oh yeah, I think I think it's it's going to do wonders for them. I think it will help them most uh, because their world is about to get rocked as they come into it. Right? Like uh, I I'm not. You know, I don't pull any punches here. You know, you're you're about you're about to ascend into where all that you know theoretical stuff that you've been doing it's about to all come together, and you're going to have to lead people, lead people who have years of experience, lead people with different personalities and walks of life, and you're going to have new responsibilities and you know company responsibilities, managerial, you know. The dynamics change. People who are your friends at one level are no longer friends because you're the manager now. Like these things, uh, and and this helps that leader weather the storm through it because it gives them anchors. I mean, that's that's what I share in here. I, I share performance sayings that get you know that that get you know athletes through um, certain things. I share uh, you know anchor routines that I do in those times where you can sense again that um you know mentally i'm just unfocused right now you know what do i go and what do i do you know in that moment and in that time so it's going to give them real applicable things um and the model the the leadership methodology so being a business athlete is really combining those two worlds and creating sort of a highly adaptive, almost leadership that breathes with you like a, like a set of lungs. So it will expand and contract wherever you tell it to go. So it's very flexible and adaptive. So for instance, you can look at energy management on an individual basis. How do I manage the energy level of me? 
uh, my rest, my physical, my emotion. Then you can bring it and you can be, because again, culturally, you know, we start at the individual level, groups and organizations are just larger forms, some new things, but really they're almost the same as an individual, just a little bit more complex. So then you can expand it to your team. What's the physical energy of my team look like? What's the emotional temperature of my team right now? How's my team mentally doing? Or do they have the capabilities and skills they need? And spiritually, do they feel like they have a purpose? Do they feel like they have direction? Do they feel like they have uh, you know, a vision to go towards? We can even go bigger on organizational, right? Does the company, is it in physical shape? Are people getting the rest they need? Where are we at from a wellness perspective, right? Is the mission still, you know, spiritually is the mission? So it, it, it'll flex with you wherever you want to take it. But it also is adaptive based on the environment. So a new, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, a new leader or a seasoned leader, whether it's in, you know, on site on a project or it's in a boardroom or it's, it's with a, a team or it's in a performance review with one person, whether it's with uh, entry level individuals or, higher up seasoned experienced people the system still works it doesn't matter where you are it will adapt with you based on the environment and based at the level that you're working with so in that regard i'm super happy again my big thing is like i want it for the masses i want it broad i want it simple i want to give people enough that they can take their curiosities and go ask more questions and drive and really empower them to own their own routines and things like that i think about you know Everything you're saying, I'm looking at everything through a sports lens too. So I'm thinking like, you're looking at a football team. You know, you got the individual player. Maybe he's like a defensive lineman, right? So you got mm -hmm. the player, and then he's a part of the defensive line. So you got a small team, right, or small group. Yeah. He goes yes. maybe even practice at those breakouts, and yes. he's part of the defense as a whole, right? They how they work as a unit. But then there's a whole team culture, right? That goes out it. amongst that, and then that that has a brain identity when it comes to the fans and everything else around it. So, man, um, you nailed it. But then I'm yep. thinking too, like, of course, all that applies for the rookie on the team or the guy that has the, he's a 20 year veteran, right? They all still got to go through the same motions and still all kind of oh, yeah. going to the same goals. So, oh, yeah, the veterans will actually, you come to find out the veterans, any place I went to with the veterans who were working harder than the young ones, you would think it'd be different, but it really isn't. The veterans just, they like enjoyed it. They really enjoyed <laughs> watching like new young bucks come in and just, just really out sweat them and just strategically like and they weren't working harder they just knew all the tips and tricks of the trade so they were watching this this new buck try everything to keep up they're like this guy's gonna get burnt out in a minute here but uh you totally got it right you, you said it exactly anytime our coaches gave us feedback it was in three different sort of ways and i share this i think people should give feedback this sort of way too when you're doing it after you know in film so we'd go back and we'd watch film um and in film they'd give us an individual They'd give us our department or our team, like our back line, our defenders. And then it would give us the third one would be our team as a whole. How did we do as a team? How did we do as a unit? How did I do as individually? And then create the alignment so you see the impact at each level. So the impact of me not doing my best as an individual had an impact on the department or the line. And then on the line had the impact on the game. So we look at the data, we add it up. And when you do it that way, nobody like, because every... It's like, it's like my old Italian family. Everybody's going to get theirs. <laughs> you know, like, don't you worry. Everybody's going to get theirs at the table tonight. You know, you, in, in this world, you got to be able to, uh, you know, give and take. So um, with those kinds of understandings, 
Uh, that that kind of feedback can really move. Yeah, so, so Alex, there's been a lot of talk about sports and you know the personal side of things, but also a lot of talk about leadership, careers. Um, is, is your book more personal? Is it more on the professional side, uh, the relationship with both? I mean, you know, <laughs> what does that look like? Yeah, I, I, I wish I could. I wrote it for the business professional, knowing that their personal life is going to reap a whole lot of benefits. Like, um, yeah, it's just a strategic angle for me to go at. And, uh, you know, it's I could have gone the other way. And there's a lot of people who, who do that and focus on the sort of personal and then it spills into their business as well. I think my unique sort of uh, perspective ends up coming across more on the business side first. And then on that personal side is going to be well taken care of. I can't tell you how many people it's weird because we start we start on the business side of it and those aren't the first results they share with me. The first results are on their personal side of it. And they talk about the transformation with their significant other, with their kids, with just their energy when they come home from work, uh, the ability to integrate the two better, things like that. I mean, and then they start telling me, you know, and that's you know, and their work gets better. I mean, and that's a lot that's what I want, you know, to share with this book is I'm not trying to, you know, bring rocket science here to leadership, but we have forgotten some of the foundational and fundamentals um, structurally, and that's around those those energy components. And when we do that, we essentially get out of our own way, and we stop making little mistakes or uh, slightly poor decisions or blow up on somebody for not taking a moment to breathe and exercise a little bit of. Uh, you know, self-awareness or, you know, do some uh, self-restraint and not yell at this uh, guy for making a mistake. You know, all those things are natural to us. We all want to do it, but we typically cover that stuff up and get in our own way. So when we stick to some of the simple foundational things, it's amazing how much of that good character stuff just gets revealed and people are just becoming like them full selves. And you know, I, I don't I don't want to claim to be some sort of miracle worker. It's just sort of dusting off things and like, look, there it is. You know, you had it all along. Look at that. <laughs> I don't want to claim it, but it is me, he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, it's it's like I said, it's an easy it's an easy read. It's not meant to be something you grill yourself over. We go a little we, you know, I just touch on a lot of the a lot of the things kind of on a surface level a little bit deeper, but for the most part, you know, it's just very clear and it'll get people again energized and moved into action. That's what this book is about. Let's let's Yeah, I know you can't be running and you know, reading it at the same time, but as soon as you're done reading it, put it down, get up. <laughs> So a minute ago, you were talking about, you know, watching film and your coach is giving feedback on the individual like line and team level. Mm -hmm. How can you got any advice for kind of in the business world, how a leader or manager can kind of do that and monitor and actually because it's really easy when you're a sports, right? You got a camera set up. You can really easy go in mm -hmm. slow motion and be like, hey, look, you missed the tackle here. You should have passed there. It's really easy to pick it apart. You got any, any yeah. advice and tips to do that kind of in the professional world that doesn't really come across as micromanaging? I'll tell you, you ask some really good questions, man. That's how I know you're going to have a really good <laughs> podcast that you review. Like, uh, that's a, I mean, that's a, 
It's very practical. And if I couldn't answer this question, then what good would this stuff be, right? So you ask a very good question. Um, let's relate it to it. So I'll give you a couple of them. The first one is, um, so I, I do it. I'll share my own experience. So when I go on the road and I go and do a workshop with a group or I go and I do a speaking engagement, I have somebody come there and record it. Some of that I use for content, but a lot of it I use to go back and I watch, I watch myself. A lot of people don't like to do that, but it is something I like to do because I'm, I'm used to that film in game mode. And I had to get developed into that. It wasn't something I always did. Uh, but I go back and I watch it and I look for things that can improve and make me better uh, because we, we oftentimes want to get some distance of it. So uh, one way I see uh, companies and organizations, organizations do it is they really uh, they frame it. And in, in a lot of times after a project, they usually go back through and they like they say, OK, we want to let's do a, a, a review of this project, how it went. Right. Um, so you guys are familiar with that. Those are typically like, hey. Yeah, of course. My, exactly. Well, you've and you've and you've said it for me right there. The literal title of the meeting makes everybody not want to give to you know what's about it. So, um, I, yeah, right. You're done with it. Why would you want to go back and look at it? But I can tell you the type of leadership I'm talking about is where we see other people go one direction and we go the other. So when everybody else says, I don't want to do that, that looks uncomfortable. Why would I want to look at it? And I know I'm in the right spot and I should be doing something because real tough leadership, that top notch leadership, nobody else is doing. So when they go running, you go that way because that's where it's at. So I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to do it. Yada, yada, yada. A million excuses. I tell them, you sit down there and we talk about it. Right. And you frame it out there a little bit. You have to go back and do the feedback just like we talked about. We go back and we talk about it individually with guys. We talk about it at a team level and then we talk about it on project level. And we go back and we look at things like communication, uh, you know, and, and it's partnered with sort of how you start it. I know a lot of times you start a project, uh, teams will get together. How do we want to communicate on this project? How uh, do we want to handle challenges? How do we want to handle disagreements? How do we want to handle decision making? And so you have this punch list of how do we want to operate as a unit? So then you come back at the end and you say, how did we measure up against the way we wanted to play today or the way we wanted to play on this project? Did we meet our things? Well, what was our strategy? Well, we were going to, you know, leverage, you know, uh, the, the long pass on the right side of the field. Did we adequately use our weapons? Did we use our timing right? So you think of it much like that, right? Think of yourself as a team in your position. Put yourself in that mode and say, if this was our match, if this was our game, Let's honestly grade ourselves as individuals. How did we do against our strategy? How did we do it like our time, our labor, our, you know, all that stuff. And you just talk through it like that. So that's one way I would say do the game film. Um, another way is that I think performance reviews are a little, uh, we, we've got to reimagine and reinvent performance reviews. Cause much like that postmortem, uh, you know, like tag, which is, it's spot on, man. It's not, a, I'm not saying good, better. I'm just saying it is what it is. Performance reviews are the same thing. They are uncomfortable for both people. Most people want to get the hell out of there as quickly as possible. So they will do as little as they need to nod their head in agreement and move on to get things done. Right. And one of the reasons why is because we build up everything into this one moment and we build all that emotion and everything in the one moment. And we just expect everything to be done right here in this time. 
the world needs to be chunked out now. We need to space and stretch things out. That's how you build confidence is little wins, little wins, little wins. So if instead of doing performance reviews or those longer gaps, little more intervals, right? It, this actually might gel with some of those new generations who require a little bit more contact with them. So now we're, now we're getting to a nexus here between uh, generations and how do we come together, right? They need a little bit more requirement. We need get them confident and up to speed a little bit more and be a little bit closer to things. So that's why I would say do a little bit more of a game film on a weekly basis. Hey, let's go over this week really quickly. Let's talk about last week from a game film perspective. The last thing I will say about game film is um, in the way that you train. I train a lot of leaders uh, when it comes to upskilling, like on communication, uh, those kind of uh, soft skills. Uh, I use uh, an AI program that I run them through. It's a it's it's called Skill Gym. It's a digital role play. We run them through. Uh, one of the one of the feedback loops in that system, which is like hands free, they they train themselves in that gym. They go and they work out. Is it's an augmented replay where after they're done having a real live you know a real simulation with a real actor, and they get all their they go back and listen to themselves and watch themselves have that conversation without them there. So now they do get game film, but the game film, they can go and they can like choose a selection, look at what they did, read the body language, what would they do different, and then they can move on. So I integrate game film even into the soft skills training that I do in that mental energy uh, component. So good question, man. I hope that was, did that answer it? I think that was pretty good. I think so. Well, the problem with, you know, I think a lot of, especially uh, construction industry, but a lot of industries I think is, everyone's real takes everything as micromanaging right and so if you mm. don't have a culture of that already built in right and you start really trying to like all right we're gonna talk about how you did last week it's like i just got off my back like just let me do my job right <laughs> i don't need you to tell me how i did last week but the best i've seen is a company i worked for in the past where um i had it when i hired on i had a until i kind of got my feet under me but i would sit down every monday morning with my with our director of project management and just kind of just recap last week and this week and this was going on and he kind of helped me get you know get that flow going he kind of coached me along the way um yeah. but they didn't do annual reviews they did monthly reviews and mm. i had two different directors i reported to while i was there and one he was real formal and he had bullet points right and he had a whole bunch of goals and that was good and then another guy he just he had a basically a blank sheet of paper and he just like all right what do you want to talk about today and that was i appreciated that too because I'm a person that likes to have conversation. I can see in, in you know somebody else that just says wants a head nod. Like, yes. it. <laughs> but it was you know, and I mean, it was he was an open book, right? I could ask about anything. We talk about stuff, and you know, how's it? And then, but he had questions in his head, right? Well, how's this relationship going? You're having, or how's this going? How's this doing? Um, but you're talking about that, and again, equating to sports. I'm thinking like in baseball, pro baseball, there's 162 oh. games. If you just looked at film at the end of 162 games. What are you going to get out of it? What are you going to do? Yeah, you do exactly. Uh, so yeah, if you do it once a year, you're only going to remember the last five games, maybe. <laughs> and it's so important because I never tell leaders they have to show up every day, all day. But there are moments where you better show up, and that's what I mean. Is because the majority people, you could do nine out of ten things right. Most people will remember the one thing you didn't do right. Human nature. Okay, this is just the way it goes. So you could show up as a leader every day bringing donuts and kolaches. 
But if in that performance review meeting or in that team meeting, you go and you don't back your people, there ain't enough kolaches in the world to save you at that point. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like you, you got it wrong. Like you're, you're trying to buy with sweets instead of <laughs> like real leadership here. Um, you've got to show those performance reviews. That is the time you you're because they're going to come out of there either thinking I'm staying and I'm going to do what this person says or what a joke. I'm going to sit here and quiet quit. Yeah, crazy. Well, and there's been a lot of good stuff here, guys. I mean, Alex, you're talking a lot about having, you know, watching the game film, which to me relates to continuous improvement. And it's that constant feedback loop. It's all right. How do I get better? How do I not wait until the end of the year to watch all that film? Like you're saying, Matt, but then also you have the culture part. I mean, yeah, your culture has to be set up for it. You have to have, leaders that are willing to accept feedback that are willing to listen to some criticisms willing willing to actually get better themselves so it's really that whole that whole piece you really have to have together for it to actually function spot on spot on so i gotta ask uh when alex mcmiler introduced us first alex she basically said hey i think you'll get along because y'all like sports you know i'll talk to sports metaphors a lot I assume the book is full of sports analogies and metaphors and everything else, right? So I did something uh, cool and unique with this book uh, because um, in a lot of my talks, but I, one thing I do is I go and I just I, – the only reason I like sports is because, believe it or not, like uh, you don't have to have played at the level I did to have a recollection and a sort of nostalgia with playing some sort of youth sports and what – those things did for us right like you know we still know those things and that was an incubator for us learning a lot of these skills just some of us stayed in that incubator a lot longer and continued to develop them more reps okay so um so a lot of people are have a connection to athleticism sport or something and they just they what's funny is they don't know really a lot of times how conditioned they are so a lot of times what i'll do is i'll say look i can tell you that your company and organization is already sports oriented because language is the cornerstone of culture and i can already tell you your language is full of sports innuendos and sayings and they'll just start to sit there like the, like they'll look at me like he's got us and I'll say, just give them to me. So I list out some of those and I'm always waiting to hear the new ones like they dropped the ball or let's have a <laughs> team meeting or, you know, you really knocked that one out of the park, you know, <laughs> or don't Monday morning quarterback me on my decisions. You know, it's, you know, we, you, you're going to come up with all these. So I've listed some in there, but apart from those, there were what I call performance sayings. And some of them are sports specific, I would imagine, or even environmentally specific based on where, where, where my travels took me. Um, uh, but I imagine all sports share some of these as well. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to um, highlight some of these sayings that a coach would say, or, you know, we would say as a team, or you'd say as a mantra to yourself. And that if we were to say them now, they're perfectly applicable to our, our lives. Like nothing really has changed. And that's great. We can kind of use that stuff we used before. So I think uh, one of the ones I shared with you guys last time, and, and let me know if I shared it with you uh, before so I don't have to stay in it. Did I share the thing about chip paper? I shared that with you about chip paper? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. 
Okay, so chip paper is um, that's what's uh, you know a coach would tell you when you know either after a game, after a game, um, uh, even in everyday life, right? Oh, we just completed that project. We're feeling super good about ourselves. Let's go just. Let's go out and have a great time. We accomplished it. That's everything. That's our goal. Great. We got it. We sold that big client. We're on it. Or, hey, we totally duffed that project. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we're going to get this client again. It's over for us. Either way, your coach would say, listen, uh, you know, either great job or that was a tough one. We're going to come back on Monday. It's chip paper. What's that relates to is over in England. I got this as I was walking up, uh, you know, to a match one day and they've got uh, people on the selling vending stuff on the side. And one of them uh, sells burgers and chips, French fries. And what they what they uh, what they deliver the French fries into you is rolled up newspaper and it is just soaked with grease and everything looking at it. And so I was walking with a guy and he said he, and he said, that's where we get the saying from. He said, who do you think's on the headline there on that paper? It was the guy who thought he was the star scoring the goal the day before, right? Well, yeah, okay, great. But today you're chip paper. No one cares. They're eating their, 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 their stuff off. It's chip paper. So that's the, that's the one that's great to – I would always give to my players too. It's like we got to get on with things, you know, whether they're great or whether they're bad. It's chip paper. We move forward, okay? so um, That's a good one. I never heard that before. Yeah, that, that's sports specific. I think I may have shared if you played for the name on the front, they'll remember the name on the back. That's a classic, uh, you know, meaning, you know, it's about the organization. The badge is what's on the front. Your name is on the back. If you play for the name on the front, they'll remember the name on the back. Uh, it's just, again, making sure we put company before self. Um, we would always, when we were playing, it's like put in a shift. That was another one uh, because that was our job. So we wanted to make sure that we tell ourselves, you know, that, that you know, go on, put in a shift today, or that a way to put in a shift, uh, switch on like a light switch. We would always say, like uh, when we got in, it's time to switch on, right? That would that would give us this this mode we would go into game mode. It's time to switch on. So you would really uh, tell yourself that, you know. And sometimes for work, that's what you got to do. You know, you're driving to work. People don't know how to drive. You do, obviously. Everybody, you know, knows how to drive, but everybody else driving doesn't know how to drive. And so you get all that. When you get to work, hey, it's time to switch on. I got things. I got people to look after. Yeah. But some of those other ones, you know, that we that that, that I think everybody. Um, I'll share you my favorite one, uh, and I'll leave some for people to do. But some of those other ones, you know, play till you hear the whistle. Right? Everybody heard that. Play yes. till you hear the whistle. Think about it. Now, I sat here and I thought about these sayings. It's like, surely these aren't just sayings that just came and go and they didn't mean anything. Those sayings meant something to us then and they mean something to us now. When you heard play till you hear the whistle, you heard never give up. You don't stop because somebody distracted you. You know, you listen to the authority figure because they're the ones who's helped keeping you on the boundaries and expectations, right? But you play till you hear the whistle and you never give up. Ask yourself, this week, did you play till you heard the whistle or did you stop before the whistle? Did you let a distraction tell you it was over? Or did you hear the whistle and you kept playing, not wanting to stay there with the guidelines and the boundaries? This is the sort of sayings that I bring in there and relate to sort of everyday life. And I tell you, people are going to have a great time playing around with them. Um, so, you know, a lot of them, you know, uh, don't be caught flat footed, right? Like yeah. you got to always be on the balls of your toes. Well, what does that mean? Toes. 
standard toes. Well, what does that mean to our everyday work life? It means something. So mm-hmm. we take those tried and true things that were part of our childhood, but we were so happy. We were so energetic. We, were, we didn't care about a lot of the stuff the world had, but we were in this incubator doing things. Um, now, I even think like if you've got kids now playing, you know, parents hate when a coach only worries about wins and losses, right? It's like, hey, the kids are out there to do more than just wins and losses. Well, let's think about that for a second. What do we expect of our coaches today? It's all wins and losses, right? Or is it more than that? Or are they all looking for wins and losses only, right? So these things that were part of everybody, uh, a lot of people can connect with, not much has changed. We bring it over. It it becomes a very powerful. and, And when you tap into those youthful, energetic, uh, action oriented sort of things. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just enjoy seeing people just, just light up and they're ready to just go crush things. But you gotta read the book for more of those sayings, but that's what we get. <laughs> I know we're running up here on almost an hour, but, uh, since, since we hadn't had a chance to read the book yet, you sent us a few little bullet points, just kind of about the book and stuff like that. And I gotta ask if we got time, you say you got a great story about resilience and how to recognize and optimize energy during a challenging time. Did we already touch on that or? Yeah, we, we did touch on it. I mean, it was, I'll see if I can't share another one because I think resilience is one of those traits that this, that this book is really about. And you spoke earlier about the young emerging leaders coming in. This is a trait they're going to have to develop early on. Uh, Look, I make no, I, I'm going to let people know there is a game of business and that's why I call it the business athlete. Okay. Uh, business, you know, has got game aspects to it. Uh, this isn't necessarily about the organizational side of the business, but as individuals and professionals, you know, we've got to play this game and play it to the best of our ability. Okay. And we've got to know how to do a lot of those things. Resiliency is going to be heavily leveraged because you're going to get knocked down on a daily basis. I mean, it's just Kyle, you, you, my, my stoic friend there, uh, you, you know, that's like, num- that's probably a mantra before you go out in the morning is to, to say, you know what, it's, it's going to be tough out there. People are going to disappoint you. It's going to suck. You're going to trip. And you do all that to prepare for what's likely to happen, <laughs> you know? So it's, the, again, so you're, you're not caught off guard. You go into the world with confidence, uh, because you're not shocked by what you, uh, encounter. So, uh, the resilient side of it, I mean, the, the, the example I had shared earlier was about the back injury and how I couldn't allow my back injury at a critical time to affect. And so I had to be resilient and I had to develop new routines in that moment. The old routines that got me through, say, a minor challenge weren't going to be enough to get me through this bigger one. I felt my spiritual energy level was taking the biggest hit at a certain point. Um, and I shared with you all last podcast, I believe, uh, while I would advise people to start with the physical energy, if they're ever somewhere where they're feeling a challenge and feeling low, the spiritual energy is the most difficult to deal with, uh, because it, it, it's, it's just challenging. You dig up things and it's, it's, um, that's another point. I, I hope I can segue here and not take too long is I hope this book helps leaders, uh, wrestle through a lot of what can be loneliness, um, you know, and that resiliency to kind of not get lonely or get down 
being a leader is not always about having tons of friends, everybody supporting you. You know, it can sometimes be a very lonely area where you're not sure uh, whether you're doing the right things or whether you're doing the wrong things or you're doing enough or you're doing too little. You second guess yourself, you know. So, you know, it's good to have something there that can confirm things for you, but can also help you see new things that you need to add into it and continue to do it so you're not as lonely. Um, but leadership can sometimes, biz, owning a business can be that way. Uh, I know that as a business owner. Um, just being a professional in, in general. But, um, man, I've been working on resilience. I, so what I will say about resilience is nobody knows it better probably than me because I'm not one of those professionals that went to the highest ranks, made a whole bunch of cash sponsorships and TV deals and on that thing. I was like a vagabond, you know, traveling around. I got told I was no good by a lot, a lot more than told me I was good. <laughs> let me tell you that. Um <laughs> so, I mean, it was like, uh, yeah, people were going to tell you that all the time, you know, so what do you do? Do you take their advice? What, what makes them say that? Who are they? You know, you got to have some confidence. you got to have tough skin. Um, you know, you've got to be able to, and, and I'll tell you, I have resilience. I didn't sign my first professional contract until I was 24, 24. I didn't go the easy way. I went the difficult way, signed it at 24. And then within two years, it was over. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I'm chock full of resilience, uh, but it didn't get that way because I read it in a book. It got that way because I was willing to step into those difficult situations. I was willing um, uh, to, to own up to my mistakes, to face them head on and to have just a relentless sort of attitude about what I was passionate about and what I wanted to do. And, just the joy of leading others and watching them accomplish things and seeing them succeed. I mean, that's, that's it for me, you know? Yeah, very good. Well, Matt, I'll just say, say my last thing here just to chime in and agree with Alex on this resiliency stuff is that, uh, like you said, as a business owner, there's a lot of hard days. And if I got a day coming up that I know is really hard, I actually have a coin I'll take with me that day. It's got a saying from our buddy Marcus Aurelius, and it says, the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. It's a good reminder for me that no matter who punches me in the face that day, I'm just going to give it right back. Sure. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm envisioning you, Kyle, driving into the office on a tough day, listening to the tub thumping. <laughs> <laughs> Are you watching me? <laughs> I, got, I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, hey Alex, if people want to yeah. get the book, where they where can they find it? Yeah, so um, here's here's the best way to do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Amazon. So it's on Amazon. Go with Amazon. Search the business athlete. That's going to help me with the SEO and to bump it up into the search engine site. So I appreciate the search on it. The business athlete. Look for Alex Bashera. It's here. I'll show you a little bit what it's got. It's got some uh, some great stuff on it. You'll see right there. X's and O's, uh, game-changing guide to sharpen your mindset, manage your energy, and elevate your career. So you'll see my name down with it. Buy it. Give me a review. Share out what you thought about it. And I love hearing about sports sayings that people have or terms that they have that they want to add in. I'm going to add it into the second edition. So um, send them my way. Have you heard the, uh, the, Tom, the old Tom Russell song, The Pugilist of 59? You'd have to sing it for me. I'm horrible with titles. So I'm not going to sing it for you. I'll send you a link. 
<laughs> I tried to get you there. Yeah. You almost did, but now I'm good. Yeah. It was the followers from the Yeti. They all said, see, didn't give a sing. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Uh, thanks, oh, Alex. Uh, so I guess oh. when book number two comes out in about three months, we'll have you back. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, just uh, continue. I, again, thanks again for everything. Uh, I know we all stay connected on LinkedIn and everything. So um, anybody wants to keep the conversation going, they can find me there. They can find me a lot of places. Just uh, go on and look. Good deal, man. And I'll, I'll make sure I link all your stuff into the show notes. So I love you. I'll link to it there. So. Right on. Anyway, appreciate you guys. Right. Thanks, man. Thanks, all Alex. Right. See you, fellas. See you.